Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to yet another episode of the Gestalten Podcast. My name is Eric Galina, and this is my colleague Martin Gorschwald. Hello, hello. Hello from a snowy Munich. We are in the midst of winter, uh, trying to stay warm inside here. Got the sweater on. But uh, we've got a special year-end episode for Gestalten, which is basically a summary of, um, of, of the year. Pretty much, I think it's safe it, to say. You, you could you could say it's the concept house Oscars of Cardiff. <laughs> um, so we 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 sat down a little bit and we said just like, look, we, we should do like a review, but we didn't want to do just a normal review. So we said like, look, let's do proper awards, like you know our top three of you know four categories, uh, good and bad. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, and obviously, so this is a little bit of a special episode from us. So we're not going to talk about the cars that have just come out recently. I mean, you know, you probably heard or saw our episode of the LA Motor Show. So we're gonna, you know, just tell you, just like listen to that again for like the latest stuff that came out. Mm. Nothing in between was was really coming coming up. And so we're going to have this special episode, which is the last one of 2018 as well, um, because you know we're going to go on holiday. And oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we will actually have to see a quick announcement on that one if we do one before we're actually going to be in Detroit. That depends a little bit on timing. Yes. But we will have another live podcast from the Detroit Motor Show in January. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I like the I like the motor show ones, the summaries. Yeah. Um and uh anyway, I, I mean, you know, by all means let us know if you enjoy those as well because um that's who we're doing it for. It's it's nice for us to go on and have a conversation, but uh we do that fairly regularly anyway. So um, I, I just, I really want to uh, let people know that they can contact us. They can drop in some comments and things. We'll take all of that feedback into account and um, just aim to produce more uh, things that are in tune with what it is that you're looking for. Exactly. There will be some, you know, some new additions uh, to the to the Detroit one, like, you know, prime into a and a or something like that. So um, but more more on that later. But let's get cracking. Yeah, let's do this. Let's so, get cracking and let's talk about the... Uh, we don't have a tune or something like that, which is quite sad. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about our top three concept cars of the year. And yeah. just to explain the principle a little bit, what we're going to do. So we're going to have a top three of each of us. So we're going to have, you know, uh, Eric's top three, my top three. And then if it's possible at all, if we had the chance to... You know, get a common ground. We will have a concept house uh, award for that uh, specific category, and we're going to start with the concept car of the year, which starts in first, you know, the first of January two thousand and eighteen, in terms of you know the beginning of the year, and pretty much up until today. Like we don't mm-hmm. expect anything new to come in in the next no. couple of weeks, so uh, it's pretty much fifty weeks of uh, of reviewing that we did. And uh, Eric, you're going to start number three. Hit me. Uh, number three for me, I mean, it must be said that this was a difficult thing to do. Like, I mean, we're not awarding, you know, gold, silver and bronze medals here. But, you know, there's been a number of concept cars unveiled this year and there's been some good ones. And so my top three has got to be the Hyundai Le Fil Rouge concept, mm-hmm. which was unveiled in Geneva earlier this year. Uh, I think it's it's a brilliant car. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a sedan typology. It's a bit different. I, I love the surfacing. I love the... Um, kind of underlying details within that concept and the interior to me is breathtaking. So well done to the Hyundai team globally um, and particularly in Korea for for kicking that one off. So I really, really do enjoy that one. Yeah. So my number three, quite recent actually, 
uh, is the Peugeot e-Legend. Um, I know like you know, a lot of people like hyped it as like the concept car of the year. And mm. I, would, I wouldn't go that far, but I like that product approach to it. I love the interior. I love the materials that they were using. And I think it was definitely the, sh- the star of the show. Um, it was, you know, a very, very good concept car, I think, for Peugeot, who have excelled, I think, over the past few years with, uh, with production cars and now came up with this concept car. So um, my number three is the Peugeot e-Legend. So we're going to rush through, well, like, you know, three and two yeah. a little bit, but because we want to talk about number one quite yeah, a lot. So. Yeah, no, that's funny that you put Peugeot e-Legend in number three because I thought it was in my top three as well, but I put it in as number two because... I really liked what it did in terms of referencing the iconic Pininfarina design, but in a very new way, and again, also kind of product design oriented. Um, but the way that it kind of blended new technology into what is essentially a three box, mm. um, you know, form, so very traditional. Um, and the interior was also very nice, and uh, bringing it back to kind of some old world, you know, nineteen seventies ish chic. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the uh, the the materials and the, certainly the colorways used, um, so that was my number two Peugeot E Legend. All right, do you want to move into number one now? Not yet. Oh, I, have no, to, I have, to, I have, to, give you, I have to give you the number two. It's too early in the morning. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my my number two is something that was revealed in Pebble Beach, uh, which is the Infinity Prototype Ten. Mm. Uh, I, you know, you obviously saw it in Pebble Beach. I got to see it at uh, both the. Uh, the, the LA show, as well as the Peterson Museum, where we had a really like close up shots about it, and mm. uh, this is just a stunning thing for me. You know, I mean, I I like those very simple surfacing. People listen to the podcast; they know that I'm always about surfacing. It needs to be simple. It needs to be beautiful. And and uh, what uh, what Karim Habib has done since he joined, you know, Infinity, like going into that kind of direction, uh, is for me fantastic. So number two, um, Infinity Prototype Ten, and. Coming to number one, this was actually, uh, you know, in, in terms of the lists that we made, the only one <laughs> where we agree on 100%. Mm. And, uh, and that's what, uh, what we always have behind us is the, the Genesis Essentia. Yes, yes. I, I mean, that was kind of unanimous, I think. Um, since, since we saw that car unveiled in New York, I think it's just been, um, it's just been at the top of our, of our list um, moving since that point, um, because it is so good, you know, because it, to me, there's a number of different reasons mm-hmm. why it made the top of that list. And I'll just, I'll just go through it real quick. It's one, I think is it's purity yeah. again, like you mentioned, uh, referencing the, uh, the prototype 10, which I don't disagree with at all. Um, but it's, I think it's also it's GT, it's characteristic mm. proportions, which are, you know, also, a bit different because of the fact that it's an electric vehicle. And I like, I like the whole thing about that car from the packaging down to, you know, the lattice work within the doors, like the whole like structural, the colorways, like there's so many cool things going on. So many great ideas um, within that one concept. And I think the team just pulled it off brilliantly, which is, you know, definitely why it made it to the top of, uh, of the list for me. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, what you just mentioned with the EV is it, it, it grabs the quintessential one of a traditional car, but makes it, you know, into a native electric vehicle. Hmm. If you look into it, you wouldn't think so. But if you look into detail, if you know a little bit about the structures behind, you know, how the weight is distributed and stuff like that, 
um, it's not just good, you know, design in the sense of like it looks beautiful, but it's just good design in actually thinking about the product, mm. you know. And and this was, I think, in the in, in the point for me. Obviously, the E Legend was was similar. Could be, you know, it could be made the prototype ten from Infinity, not that much, but you know, this kind of whole idea of look, let's do a, a concept car that we can actually put into production. You know, mm -hmm. from the whole idea and. And this is obviously the, the kind of mindset that, you know, Sasha and like the whole team have over there at Genesis is always to think about, you know, let's not just do any kind of crap. It comes from a Volkswagen background as well, of course. Yeah, like Volkswagen always does uh, or very rarely does show cars that are not feasible that you could not put into production. Mm. We've seen that with the RTN, for example, when they first shown that, like there was very little changes to that. Mm. And when you come from that kind of mindset, but you get the freedom of do like you know such a fantastic kind of shape with it hmm. um it's it's just absolutely amazing you know and i think that the, the whole entire team and we know a little bit about how you know the whole project came about and it's it's absolutely fantastic and i think very very well deserved in in in, in their efforts as well hmm. and uh, and of course you know we we're really interested in seeing like you know if this is now really make it into production you know yeah I mean, that, we, that would be great uh, we mentioned this in the la podcast but we you know, we we have been told it looks very positive. Hmm. Um, nothing still official has been put out, but they said like it looks very very good. And obviously, if they can keep it very very close to what what it is in in, in terms of the concept form, um, that would be absolutely fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah? So, yeah. Um, and it also kind of you know gives you a certain sense of what's happening within um, Genesis. You know where they're going to take the brand. If this is any indication. Um, you know, then we will be seeing some very cool things coming out of this, you know, Hyundai's nascent luxury brand in the very near future. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's very, very positive. So yeah. And, you know, looking ahead a little bit, um, obviously to, to 2019, because it's not just supposed to be that, you know, one hit wonder music style things that like you only have one great shot and then you <laughs> know, like, not, right? it's going to go away. But um Obviously, we're looking. We're both looking very, very much forward to, um, to the idea of the the, the the New York Motor Show. I think you know because Genesis is traditionally the big guy at New York to reveal something. So if they come up with something similar, so far we don't know. We just have been told that there will apparently be something, but no indications of where from or like what studio from and you know mm. what what that is going to be. And that's going to be very, very interesting if they can continue that. Yeah, similar to uh, to Infinity, I think um, we do know that Infinity. I think they've already announced it will show something mm -hmm. in Detroit, yeah, as well as Nissan. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see. And I think you know, in retrospect, with with Infinity, not just the prototype ten, but the Q inspiration as well. There is a clear mm -hmm. line yeah. how they can move that forward. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and obviously that's that's a thing for us. And uh, you know, just to kind of interestingly put that out. You had technically two Hyundai cars in there in terms of I the did. concept cars. Yeah, yes, you have the Lufi Rouge and then you had the the Genesis. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they differentiate that a little bit further because the Lufi Rouge could also be a sedan style Genesis. Yeah, and easily, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see. But in in, in general, this kind of uh, output and having two of the top three cars in there for mm -hmm. them uh, as a group is uh, is of course quite impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean. I think they've done some very good work, you know, um, Infinity also, you mentioned, you know, they've, uh, from the, the Q inspiration last year in Detroit, you know, they've, they've, I think for the last like three, four years now, Infinity's made a big splash over in Detroit mm. and, um, you know, they, 
hopefully we'll you know get into creating a lot more cars that we're going to see on the road you know in in imbued with this type of form language particularly off the uh the uh the prototype 10 um will be you know in production form mm. uh in in the that's pretty much all we're waiting for yeah. from infinity is is to productionize some of these concepts you know whether it's the Q, which was you know kareem habib's kind of you know he did have a uh, a say clearly yeah. in 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 that how things were done um but that was very much his first kind of uh, foray, his first uh, public appearance. Mm. Um, so he followed that car pretty much from the tail end. But as we know, concept cars uh, do get done in a fairly short amount of time. So he did have influence over that vehicle. Not as much as he would have on the production, mm. on the prototype 10, however. So it's very interesting to see where Infinity is going. But like you mentioned also, um, for the last several years now, Infinity, or rather, uh, Genesis has owned New York, mm. and um, they've come out every year with uh, a new concept that just takes that city and that show by storm, which is amazing. And you know, good good on them because you know that's a, a definite uh, from their on their marketing side a definite uh, you know real coup de force, if mm. you will, because it's it's really um, they've just owned that show, and and it's good when you know. Companies are able to come in and say, "All right, we're doing this," and you know the competition is just blown out of the water. And and you know the work is very good, which is yeah. why you know. I mean, I remember seeing that um, it was like a promo video for for Genesis, um, and I, I don't think it was for this year, but it was maybe last year anyway. And it was kind of like Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> where all the guys were walking around Manhattan. <laughs> it's like very powerful. So yeah, the marketing team is also quite good over there at, uh, at Genesis. Yeah, they're always having a good laugh with everything. But all right, so we have, of course, you know, Eric's concept car of the year is the Genesis Essentia. Yes, my concept car of the year is the Genesis Essentia. So we got to a concept. We have an agreement. We have an agreement. Um, so what we like, let's call it the year, the, the the concept house concept car of the year award 2018 mm. is going to go to uh, Genesis for the Essentia concept. Uh, that was shown at the New York Motor Show 2018. So congratulations to them. Yes, definitely. On, Again, on no one. no gold medal. Sorry. Sorry. We didn't yeah. get them done in time. Yeah. You get an Instagram <laughs> post probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's move on, uh, move forward to category number two, mm. which is our production car of the year, yep. 2018. And we can spoil, I think, one little bit already, is we will not have a concept house production car of the year because we could not get a on one opinion with that one yeah i mean the thing is you know everybody has their own opinions clearly when it comes to certain things um you know there was one thing that uh we kind of did agree on that was number three we yeah. both kind of put the the 911 in in a number three um which is I'd love to hear your reasoning on that because I know you're not a Porsche fan. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I, you know, number three for me, the 911. It was, it was. It, there was two cars in the number three, and I, I'll probably just leave the 911 to you. Actually, leave the 911 to me. I'd love to hear why, um, why you you like that car and you put it in number three because um, you know I have my reasons, but I think the BMW X2 was also kind of alongside now two very different cars but you know the 911 is the the you know pure driver's car and very evolutionary 
But then the X2 is something that is extremely hot right now, and that is the sport compact SUV um, segment. And other than the BMW roundel being put in the, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the C-Preller, which was a huge issue of contention, because you don't need to shout about a brand like BMW. I thought it was, it was well done, you know, proportionately. Um, I thought it was one of the nicer current BMWs um, and definitely um, something that buyers are looking for. So very relevant mm-hmm. for right now. Cool. Yeah, so I have the 911 and the 992 on there, and I had to struggle with this, to be honest. <laughs> I think it, 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 got down, it got down to me for the point, or to the point of where, you know, when it comes to production car, I think, you know, if I would have that amount of money, and then I, I don't really go in into this kind of question of, is this... The, you know, do, is this like a limited budget or whatever? I go and it's like, look, if I have any mon- money, would I buy this car? Yes or no? That's mm. how I personally judge a production car. Yeah. And I'm not a Porsche fan, but I would probably buy a 992. You know, <laughs> I um, I do like it. It's it's what the 991 should be, you know, pretty much right from the beginning. Um, I do have some issues with that. I've mentioned that before. Like, you know, the detailing is not always up to me. Um I think, you know, what I don't like, this is why like kind of Porsche stuck with me pretty much with the 964, potentially 993, but um, is they're getting wider and wider, you know? And I think like, you know, they don't have to get wider and wider just to make it look even more hardcore and stuff like that. But I think the, the 992 has found a nice little balance in that. And also the evolution that Porsche has gone through in terms of interior is just fantastic. Mm. I mean... Uh, I was sitting in the 992 at the at the LA show and I really had a good look into it, you know, like, it, and I say like, it, this was really, really, really good. And that was something for me where I just said like, look, fantastic. Yeah, I uh, I really would put this onto my, onto my list. And I also want to say something just in terms of production cars before we get on. Um, I think this was probably quite weak year for production cars mm. um, in retrospect, because I really had, you know, I, I struggled to put like a top three together where I confidently say like, look, those are cars that I would buy, mm. you know. And this was a little bit strange because I think from the concept side, like we had so many great things. But then the production side was for me personally so weak mm-hmm. that um, that I found this a little bit strange, you know, from, 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 from just kind of a rating perspective or like from a ranking perspective. So that's kind of how I felt about it. That's why also the Porsche came about. But it's by no means a bad car. Like, you know, it, it looks good. And I, like I said, it's supposed to be what the 991 should have been. And so that's why I put it in a number three. But like, it's more down to the fact that I think the the the, the production year 2018 wasn't as great as maybe 2017 or 16. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I did struggle myself to put together a list of top three. But um, in the end, you know, there were enough cars unveiled this year, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a particularly strong <laughs> yeah. for, for design, yeah. I would say. Um, but I think moving into now second place, mm-hmm. um, which uh, to me was, um, I think the Mazda 3 from you know a production standpoint, finally when it was unveiled here in LA, um, was a number two for me mm-hmm. uh, because, because of you know, where it came from and how, you know, Mazda successfully interpreted that form language into a production car. Like, it's very easy to do stuff, crazy yeah. stuff in concept form um, because, you know, they're not really looking at costs yeah. at that point. Now, 
when you're able to really translate that into something that's going to be mass production, mass volume, um, or hopefully, <laughs> then, you know, it's um, a lot of times, you know, the cost cutting comes into, and, you know, there, we've seen this on, on a number of occasions. I'm not going to single out any one company or product, but, uh, you know, they, they get lost. And um, I think there was sufficient translation from the beautiful sensuous surfacing that was on the Kai concept, yeah. K concept, that was uh, unveiled in Tokyo last year and, again, now made its appearance in production mm -hmm. form in the uh, Mazda 3 in LA. And I think, you know, the that vehicle pretty much from an exterior surfacing perspective and also an interior kind of simple, like, you know, um, really focused um, uh, design uh, really spoke to me. So that's why it's my number two. Yeah. I'll stick to Japan. <laughs> so my number one, I mean, let's... Uh, no, you're number two, you're number two. My number two, I'm sorry, yeah, my number two. So um, I think this doesn't come as a surprise, especially like, you know, if you've been a long time listener of the podcast, I love the Suzuki Jimny. Yeah. I love that car. I just, you know, <laughs> we did a special thing like an Insta Life or whatever it was actually in the car mm. from the Paris Motor Show because it was there. Um, I love this little thing. You know, it has to be number two for me. I know it has its flaws and people don't tell me that it's like, you know, very, very badly produced. Like, you know, it's all made out of plastic and all this kind of crap. It's also like 17K. I know, like, you know, this is the thing for me. It's just like, you know, don't tell me about what it what it does bad. Like from a design perspective, it is incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen, like, you know, like all these different kind of photoshops now with like, you know, putting it into like a, a G wagon uh, body <laughs> kit and stuff like that, like a high end off roader and these kind of things. This is what I love. This is a fun vehicle. And mm. this is something for me is where I say, look, if it would be a bit better, <laughs> it would be even like, it would be my number one. It's literally just came down to the fact of, you know, a little bit of the production side. But in terms of design, it's simple. It's super great. Um, the color schemes are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, some, we've seen like all the colors that they had. They're flashy, you know, they're, they're modern, they're, they're youthful. Mm. They found a fantastic kind of pricing for it as well. I mean, you yeah, know, exactly. it's like 21,000 euros. And like, uh, you know, that's what I was saying. It starts yeah. at like 17,000, I think. Yeah, and, the, the, and then it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And then the high end, literally, when you have everything, is like in, in I think in Germany it's like 21 22,000. Yeah, yeah. So it's affordable as well exactly. and you know it's this kind of for me what Suzuki have done in that one is they've understand what you know the youth kind of Mm. It is an SUV. It's a smaller SUV, but at the same time, it's just you know, if you if you're a young kid and you're looking for a car that's fun, you know, and that is made by a Japanese company, where you can always mm -hmm. where you know that they're doing some stuff, man, this is the thing to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, I was I, I have to say I was very very close to putting it number one. Yeah. <laughs> but talking about number one, Eric. Yeah. I just want to say one thing on the Jimny though, because I think it's important to note, like it's really important. To always, you know, put things in in perspective, right? It's really easy when you've got massive budgets to yeah. create something that is, you know, going to use the best materials, going, you know, you're not going to spare any expense to create something nice. And sometimes people with massive budgets still yeah. don't create anything <laughs> really. So I think it's quite an accomplishment for, you know, Suzuki with the Jimny for something at such a low price point, we don't talk about pricing much yeah. on, on, you know, this show or otherwise, but, you know, we try to focus mostly on design, but obviously it does have some bearing. So 
I think, you know, when they're working to that really fixed price point, the budget is extremely low and they're still able to create some really innovative and cool and fun, like you say, solutions. I mean, you know, if I had a garage, um, I'd definitely put that one into it. Yeah. You know, the Suzuki Jimny is just a great little weekend car, little beach car, little ski car, little fun off-roading green laning car. And um, I even little city cruiser. I mean, you know, we're going to see a few of those guys um, jumping around, I'm sure. So, yeah. Good, good on that one. Yeah, but yes, let's moving on. Proof number one, and a little bit of a precaution on that yeah. one. We have, I don't want to say we argued about this, but yeah, we well, had a bit of a conversation about because a we're very, very, very far away from each other <laughs> <laughs> in what yes. we think our number one car is, but also I think in terms of our opinion on each car. Mm. Yes. So moving on Hit into me. Hit into me. number one for me. Um, you know, I think the Jaguar I-Pace was revealed this year, and I think that was a great production car. There's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's without its faults, yeah. but, uh, you know, I think from a packaging standpoint, from a kind of, you know, uh, volume, um, you know, looking at that vehicle, I think, I, I saw one running around in LA. I don't even know if they're on sale yet. But anyway, I went to like San Clemente Cars and Coffee. Yeah. It must have been a dealer yeah. car anyway. We've seen a few around here in Munich as well as the okay. taxis. Yeah, yeah so. right. So I saw that thing running around. And in the California light, it def definitely looked well good. I mean, I remember seeing it in Geneva and thinking, this is great. Now, there are a few things, you know, I think in terms of space within the cabin, it could have been bigger. It could have been um, better used, utilized, you know, in terms of, you know, their whole like skateboard architecture and so forth. But I think in terms of blending an SUV, because that's what it's called mainly to get past like emissions requirements, mm -hmm. of course, if you classify that car as, you know, an SUV, then, you know, you're, I mean, it's just better overall for the company, right? Mm -hmm. Because then um, they, their targets are, anyway, it, it means a lot to classify that car as an SUV when, in fact, it is a typical crossover. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you look at it, it sits low, much lower than, than the traditional SUV. It's just the fact that its form is more, it's, it's your typical crossover, yeah. um, your modern day wagon. Now, um, I love the use of, you know, the, the glazing and how it goes way above your head. It gives you, like, a lot of sense of space from the driver's seat. I like the layouts, like... like the layout it's very ergonomic sitting in that cabin now i haven't driven the car unfortunately i hear it's great i hear it's fantastic off-road and it's got performance credentials and all the rest um i think overall though you know in terms of like showcasing a volume car maker showcasing what you know their vision for the future is in terms of electrified um mobility yeah um i thought it was quite good i thought it was well done so that's why it's in my number one. Cool. I'm not going to... I'll just accept that. You're not going to agree. No, I'm not going to agree on that one. But just a little bit of an anecdote. I think that, you know, just to give you... To, to give the listeners and like the viewers a little bit of an idea. So we were actually at the Jack stand in LA. And we had a few minutes to spare. So we literally... We actually... We sat down in the car together. And, and I was just like, you know, yeah, you know, this is... This is on the first side, it looks nice. 
but then there comes like you know what 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 what, what obviously like the designers call perceived quality mm. and i was just like man this is crap <laughs> it was it was literally i had the feeling this whole thing is going to fall apart very very soon and obviously like jack you know let's give jack some credit they have improved their quality quite significantly over the the, the, the years but if i compare that one to an i3 for example you know it just stinks and, and this is the thing for me. This is why I, you know, in terms of the design, I'm I'm not majorly a fan of Jack design. I don't think it's, I think they're just trying too hard to push for like, you know, this kind of BMW one. Uh, or like, you know, the kind of BMW volumes and like, you know, make sure that everything looks kind of the same. So I'm not really a fan of like where they're going. That's why like, you know, this is a different kind of story for me in terms of design. But in terms of the quality, I mean, we had this salesperson coming up and trying, trying to tell me how great it was. And then we were just like, I think was it like, you know, where we found um, some kind of, I think it was in the front where the where the battery yeah. was, and there was this little compartment. Yeah, and we were just like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is like it's a shame. I mean, obviously, you know, the layouts and how they decided to put things in certain places means that the frunk, you know, the front trunk, is Tiny. pretty much the size of a briefcase. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I it's would like I group. would honestly, you know, I, if you didn't need to access that for any other reason. Then for that little briefcase compartment, you might as well just save the the componentry on the hinges for that front like opening because you don't need it. Yeah. Like it's totally unnecessary. Yeah. So I think they could have been, you know, they could have made more concessions and more like for space, you know, in particular. I don't think it's us- utilizing the package to its full potential. Yeah. And 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 just to you know, not really to take any credit away from Jack because I think. What is special about this car, and this is why I can understand you put this number one, it really splits the people. Either they absolutely love it, it has received, you know, a bunch of, you know, car of the year awards already, like, you know, design of the year awards. Mm. And then there's the other side of the people, like, you know, it's pretty much exactly like us at the moment. Like you say, look, this is fantastic. I say, look, I think it's crap. And it's exactly split in that kind of way at the moment. There is not really anything in between. Mm. And that's why, I, you know, like, I, I, I could very... I, to a certain degree, I would agree, of course, yeah, because there's so many people liking that thing. Um, but it, this is also, I think, why this this year was so difficult for us to find the consent, you know, con- consensus number one, it's because all, a lot of these cars do split, yeah, and um, yeah, from it divides opinion. I mean, the yeah. thing is, I'm not going to say it's fantastic. Yeah, like I said, it does have its faults, but I think in terms of uh, you know vehicle typology, in terms of um, you know, what it means about, you know, our current time in 2018 yeah. and electric vehicles and moving, you know, we haven't seen anything production ready from any other major manufacturer. Exactly. Um, so that to me, in terms of like, you know, future thinking, like, I think it's uh, it's a good step for a Jaguar, yeah. you know, hats off to them. Yeah. So you talked about pricing earlier. Mm. And I want I want to quote you on this one and like you know just let uh, let our listeners um, be part of that. When I told you what my car of the year was in terms of production, you just let you just said like why like you know like nobody can afford this kind of thing like you know it's way too expensive. It's not made for the people. Um, and I, I don't, I'm all for the people. <laughs> and I do I do very much appreciate that. But it really got down to the point is like you know my ranking system is if I or if anybody would have 
you know, unlimited amount of money, would I buy this car? And this is in the end, you know, from a design perspective, of course. And so the uh, the Ferrari Monza SP1 uh, and SP2, so I've put them all in there because mm. they're in principle very similar, like pretty much the same, uh, have, has, has won it for me uh, this year. I mean, I remember we we saw it in in paris uh, we got a we got a nice little personal tour from flavio manzoni about it as well and it's just fantastic i mean you know again it comes down to for me to the surfacing the simplicity of everything it's 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 from that's why it was so difficult for me to choose between the ferrari and and the jimny was because they're both simple and beautiful in their own mm. way you know and i think the Ferrari just has a slight edge because for me that kind of comes back into the older Ferrari style. You know, it it kind of picks on the, the history of Ferrari, the beauty of Ferrari, what it used to be, where now it has become a little bit more edgy from time to time. And I think this was the kind of reincarnation for me of this beautiful, really absolutely beautiful and probably one of the best Ferraris in the last five, ten years mm. um, that came down. And uh, obviously it is very limited. You know, I think it's 499 cars. And uh, they said, you know, depends on the orders, and then we decide which one we're going to make, so SP1 or SP2. But it really got to the point where I'm saying, it's like, look, I, I absolutely love this thing. If I would have the 1.6 million or whatever it costs, yeah. um, I, I, I would buy it because I, you know, it's it just got down to the fact of just like it's sheer beauty. You know? mm. And um, so it's, uh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm going from twenty grand to one point six million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with you. You know. I mean, obviously, the Ferrari is very good. But like I said earlier, with in seemingly unlimited budgets, you're able to create some really cool stuff. So exactly. With that in mind, you know, obviously, the exterior, the surfacing, the body of that vehicle is sublime. As are the materials, and you know, the fact that they were able to explore so many things. Now. There's a reason for me not to pick that in, you know, car. One, because it costs 1.6 yeah. million. Who the hell can afford that? Um, and two, because of the fact that it's very limited production. Yeah. So, you know, for me, you know, I wanted to pick vehicles that were, you know, available to the people um, in greater volume. Power and, to the people. Yeah. Power to the people. Power, like, power you know? to the people. And, I mean, you know... This year, we have to like do a little side note here, a little ding, a little like uh, asterisk. <laughs> this year has really been the year for me, I think more so than any other, of limited series vehicles. Oh, yeah. We've oh, talked yeah. about this on numerous podcasts in the past. It's just, it's like, it just, it just keeps going. It's like, you know, a tumbleweed that's just accumulating, getting bigger and bigger yeah. over time. It's just, and it's going to continue to be that way because we're going to see a disparity um, continue between the you know the Renault Clios and the Suzuki Jimnys of the world versus the you know one-off bespoke um, you know um, Rolls Royce whatever the hell that thing was called the, uh, the, um, <laughs> uh, the what's it called the uh, the swept tail swept tail swept tail yeah thank yeah. you and um, so you know it's just it's interesting the way that the industry is going now you know in terms of you know electric propulsion autonomy all of those big massive like trendy things. Um, that are taking place and you know it's really creating a divide within um, you know what these large um, volume car makers are able to produce um, and then what these you know niche and supercar and mm. you know um, uh, manufacturers like Ferrari for example are, are putting out to cater to those really discerning you know high net worth individuals yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, very true. Times. Very true. Very true. But um, yeah, as mentioned, we have not been able to find a consensus number one. No. So there is no, unfortunately, there is no concept car. No. Uh, no. Sorry, production car. Production of, car. Uh, of the year for us, no. in that sense. But uh, in that kind of case, let us know what you think. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because that think? is like, you know, tell us what you think is production car number year. And and if, if you know, we have, I don't know, like, you know, 100 people saying this is... This is number one for us. Maybe we jump. We jump on that. Yeah, you know what? I think you know. Maybe it's a good idea. You know, just cast your votes. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a way for you to do that. We'll figure out a way. Um, I know what we can do. You we'll, know, okay, so we'll do the following. Yeah, um, check our Instagram hmm. in the next few days from when this is recorded. We will have a story post or something like that on there, or like you know, just a normal kind of post, and we'll ask you to comment on the production car of the year because we can we couldn't find ours mm. as a as a whole. Yeah, yeah, quite. That's a good that's a good way of getting your ideas over to us, and you can yeah just shoot a quick line, let us know what your concept car of the year was, and if you and feel the production as if, well, and the production as well, production as well is production really what well, we're looking yeah. for. Production car of the year was. But also, like, um, a little summary as to why, if you do want to add that. Um, yeah. Because it's always interesting to know, you know, why, why. people uh, choose what they yeah. choose. Good. All right. So we have two out of three big categories. Yeah. And we will have also, just to kind of spoil that a little bit, we'll have a raspberry. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the bad Oscars. The fails of 2018. We, we will do that as well, but that's going to be the fun part towards the end. But yeah. um, our last big category in terms of awards will be the design team of the year. And just to kind of explain what we mean by that, um, it's not what the design teams have been actually doing in their studios this year mm. that would be very very difficult for us to judge <laughs> um but what we mean is like you know what the the kind of results of the design teams uh, you know have come out this year on a on a constant level i think this is what we're going to judge them on we're not going to judge them on just one fantastic car mm. and the rest was you know crap pretty much what we're going to do is we can see some consistency we see a development for example uh, where we then say like, look, this is this is going into the right direction, and that's how we're gonna we're gonna rank them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, design team of the year, top three, Eric, number three, number three. Um, I kind of went back and forth on this one. Um, ultimately, I think I chose Genesis. Um, in you know mainly because of what it is that we've seen unveiled in the last year yeah um you know and uh, having spent a bit of time with uh, the people that are behind the scenes uh, you know like sasha selipano for example and you know luke donkervolk um you know and the the team over at genesis particularly the european studio like that i know those guys mm -hmm. i mean i know some of the guys over there in the u.s as well but um i i really do like the direction that they're going in and i think that it is predominantly led by design they're really initiating everything and guiding that um, brand into what it is that it will eventually become and has become so that's why you know i tip my hat to to those guys mm -hmm. um at genesis cool so my number three um, we've, we have mentioned them before with the prototype 10 is the is the infinity De design team mm-hmm and uh, mainly for the reason, and 
I have a little bit of an asterisk on that one because we haven't seen really new produ- production cars from them. Mm-hmm. But the direction that we have seen now with you know Karim Habib coming in, him kind of interpreting Japanese culture mm-hmm. and mixing it with his kind of global background. I mean, that guy has been everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really, really interesting to see that. Um, Q Inspiration was the first one, and obviously the, the, the prototype 10 came about, you know, even looking better the prototype 9 where he wasn't involved, but like, you know, it, 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 it is a very, very clear kind of statement where they're going to. Mm-hmm. And I am very, very much looking forward to, A, what they're now going to show in, in, in Detroit, mm-hmm. and also, of course, where they're going to from a production perspective. That's why there's a little asterisk in there. But you can clearly see there's a, a constant level of a very, very good quality on all different kinds of levels. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you, you see there's a willingness to change things, you know. I mean, Infinity always had good concept cars, but then they never really put it out into, into a production level. Now they have fantastic concept cars. So obviously the bar is, is quite high. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, and that's why for me, I've, I've put them on with a little bit of an asterisk, but in terms of like the output that they've had so far, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, I mean, I, I agree with you. I put Infinity in number two because, um, you know, I thought that in terms of what it is that they've been doing and um, particularly since the arrival of, of Kareem Habib, but also since Alfonso Albeza has been at the top, yeah. you know, since that transition, um, you know, over, I always liked, um, um, Nakamura. I always really, you know, got on with him famously. I thought he was a brilliant guy, um, over the, in charge of, of Nissan Infinity overall. Um, but it seems like, you know, there's a lot more kind of movement going on now that Alfonso's in, in place. And yeah, I mean, for the exact reason that you outlined, I think earlier, it's like, I think they found their niche, um, and, and and Alfonso in particular really um, strives on that Japanese. This is an, a, a guy that's also very international, yeah, you yeah. know, um, and and one of the very few non-Japanese, you know, executives at a Japanese company. Um, so that was, I think, a, a huge accomplishment for him. But he's able to really take into uh, take into account what Japanese values are, and then convey that into um, um, you know vehicles. Yeah, and he's done that quite successfully, and, and now with uh, with Kareem as well, in terms of bringing those values into um, the the product range at Infinity. And again, like you mentioned, it's a shame that you know we haven't yet because this has been going on for years, right? And we've yet to see a you know real. Um, you know, manifestation of those values into a production vehicle. Now, you know, we were a bit disappointed in Paris when we saw that uh, kind of, you know... The Project Black? Yeah, very like the Project black S, like, you know, just kind of in a little corner over there, like, not Which really. was cool as well. I mean, it was... Yeah. The, the way they did it was actually very, very interesting. Oh, no, I thought the car itself yeah. was great. I just thought the presentation yeah, was, that was, crap. was fucking horrible. It was terrible. Yeah, it's a shame because, um, you know, they, yeah... They just could have done a much better job in terms of doing that, um, you know. So, I think Nissan as a whole, unfortunately, from a marketing perspective, mm. is nowhere. It doesn't have like can't hold a candle to like Genesis, for example. Yeah. You know, I think they've done so many cool things. When you think about the history of the company, I mean, you go back to Infinity with the FX. You know, yeah. that was like a car that pretty much invented the coupe mm. crossover SUV typology, 
And no one really knows about that mm. because, you know, Nissan didn't do a good job marketing that vehicle. So it's, um, it's a real shame. Anyway, I think if the, from a design team perspective, um, maybe there should be a bit more, you know, <laughs> together with uh, discussion, together with the, the marketing team in terms of like really bringing, you know, design to the fore as other companies have um, and really aligning themselves together to talk more about what it is that's happening. But yeah. um, I think, yeah, Infinity, a, a clear second for me. And for reasons that, you know, we've seen the concept car and um, for, for um, hopefully what it, uh, what it means for the yeah. future. So my number two, and, um, you know, I, I know we, we, we've talked about those guys a lot. And they, they have received so much praise over the past few years um, is uh, Volvo. And the reason being for that is actually not necessarily just because of the, the design quality that they've that they've that they've kind of released over not just this year but also last year, of course. So it's the kind of Ada continuity is like they're so good in terms of what they're doing at the moment. Um, and you could very very much argue, is it the best design team in the world at the moment? Mm. Um, but for me, what what this really made it very very clear and where I'm just saying like I, I need to put them into my top two like top three in total is their courage hmm. because I I was blown away by the fact that you know in the first press day there were no cars they understand that design can also communicate in a different way that it's not just about the car itself that design is so much more and obviously something very you know Scandinavian in general to do that you know it's again the kind of simplicity we don't need to show you always the product we can tell you about it and you know exactly what it looks like you know um, but it's also things such as the um, the 360C which I first of all was quite critical then I had a little bit of a demo in in, in, in LA of it and I was just like wow this is actually just intellectually it's just fantastic you know And I think in terms of where Volvo is going into this kind of premium sector, Scandinavian style, you know, like a very simple kind of style, but still high quality and everything. Um, this is this is the most interesting one for me. You know, it's not the XC60 is fantastic car, XC40, XC90, you know, pretty much almost all the stuff that they've released this year has been really, really good. But mm. it's just this kind of, you know, forward thinking way in terms of a design and not just in terms of, just to car. I mean, we know that in Volvo, like even the stand design for the shows is part of the design department. Mm. Yeah. So thinking really further ahead with those kind of things is, is something that I do really appreciate that. And so that's why for me, the Volvo team is, uh, is, is number two and not just necessarily for like the cars, I think just for the overall um, understanding of the design and of the, of the transportation design or mobility design nowadays. Mm. Um, that's, You know, that's that's for me to sum it up uh, from that from that side. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I agree with you, and which is why I put Volvo as my number one. Um, I think in terms of what we've seen this year, not only the vehicles that have been um, you know produced and and launched uh, this year. I mean, also you know Volvo and then now Polestar. You know, uh, Polestar and Volvo kind of still yeah. integral, yeah. still kind of the same team. Um, I, I agree with you in terms of, you know, what it is that they're doing in terms of putting design out there. I think, again, it is a, 
Yeah, it's it's design led certainly, um, but it's you know very marketing focused as well. Um, so, for example, you know the LA show stand, something that's very fresh in our minds because it only happened a few weeks ago. Um, not having uh, you know cars on the show stand definitely got the press talking. Yeah got the company in maybe, um, you know, newspapers or websites that they normally wouldn't have and column inches is gold. So any time that anyone is talking about a company, it's brilliant. Now, obviously, they didn't carry that on because second press day, there were they vehicles were caused, all yeah. over the place. And that's great. But at the same time, they did have, as you mentioned, that VR experience for the 360, um, you know, where you were able to fully immerse yourself in a kind of seating book and experience the uh, the concept, which isn't actually real, I think uh, it's just only they, virtual. They did. I think. I think they did one, one show car buck. Was there? Much. Was there a real car? I think, I think there was one real car, but like you know, just an exterior thing was just an inside-out model. But, okay. Um, but yeah, just yeah. I thought it wasn't purely digital yeah. anyway, but um, it's uh, it's still an interesting idea, you know, for the future yeah. of, of of Volvo and where where they're going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of what we've seen, not only from the product. You know, I, the accomplishment pretty much in a, such a short span of time, it must be said, um, moving that company into, you know, competing with the likes of Mercedes and BMW at the same level, at the same price point, yeah. would have been unheard of yeah. several years back. And um, now, you know, you, you're like, yeah, I quite like Volvos. And you go and look at them and they're bloody expensive, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. So they've definitely attained that premium um, you know, level, and they've done that through design. And, you know, for the last two years, but we didn't have one of these awards last year. So, um, you know, I think uh, definitely for me, again, I don't know what the hell's going on behind closed doors, it might be a bloody mess, but it doesn't look that way. Yeah. Because they're coming out with some mm. really cool stuff um, for the entire kind of brand. Yeah. Um, and, and so that aura is definitely, yeah, top number one for me. Yeah. So my number one might be a bit of a surprise for a number of people, but I've <laughs> I've picked uh, the Škoda design team uh, as number one because I think what they have done and what they have released this year in terms of quality, in terms of development, you know, evolution, not revolution, has been outstanding. Hmm. Yeah, And I think for me, the Škoda design team is at the moment by far the best Volkswagen design team followed by the Seat design team. Hmm. You know, um, I, I don't think any other of them can really get anywhere close at this moment in time. And it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like every time I see a new concept car, like, you know, it makes sense for them to do that. It makes sense to show something like hmm. that. It's not overly crazy, of course, yeah. So you can judge them like, oh, do like a proper, you know, Gran Turismo car or something like that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind that much. Hmm. But it's just good you know and obviously they have success i mean they're the most i think like they're now the second or like even the most successful brand within volkswagen mm -hmm. in terms of sales numbers and everything mm -hmm. so they're clearly doing something right but they're jumping also into the, the, the right niches you know they've just released the scala and if you see that that's just bloody good mm -hmm. you know that's just the way it is and and that's that's the reason for me why why for me personally skoda 2018 uh, is number one and uh, yeah but we do have a consensus number one. So the, the the concept house design team of the year 2018 award goes to uh, the Volvo design team mm. up in Gothenburg. So uh, congratulations to uh, Thomas Inglad, Robin Page, Tisha Johnson, you know, yeah. and everybody else in that Max, team. Max, all those, all Max, those of course, yeah. yeah. 
um, you know, obviously those are the guys at the very top. Yeah. But, you know, this is a award for the team. So yeah. everyone that is, uh, you know, within there, we don't have enough time yeah. to go through all that. Exactly. We don't know everybody in that team. But um, I think that as a, as a whole, um, yeah, the consensus is the Volvo team is winning. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to Skoda as well because, you know, I do really, really enjoy how people um, and companies tend to harness certain elements that are specific to their regions. Yeah. So um, Skoda's doing that, uh, you know, and, and you know, Mazda's doing that, yeah. Infinity's doing that. So I think, you know, even though there isn't perhaps a J factor, that's a subject for another podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's still certain things to be said for a brand that can bring in certain elements of, you know, where they're coming from and yeah. convey that into the product. Yeah. But um, anyway, Volvo is um, number one for our design team. Now, we're going to move into... Oh, the fun session. Can the, we now just go a little bit mental? Session. <laughs> so we have let, let the, rasp, the raspberry of, uh, of Concept House 2018, or as we call it, the fails <laughs> yes. of 2018. And we're going to have the same category, but we're only going to talk about one thing. Mm. Uh, so not like a top three, but literally just like, <laughs> let's, let's not call it the worst of the worst, but like, you know, what we thought was like the kind of disappointment. A disappointment, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, Concept Car of the Year, Eric, hit me. Concept car of the year, I would say the Icona Nucleus thing. Um, now, I really like uh, Samuel. Just, just, just to say that, yeah. worst concept car of the year. <laughs> what did I say? You just, we just said concept car of the year. We don't want to be quoted in the wrong way. Just oh, say, right. like, oh, it's the best car of the year. Yeah, so. no, I don't. You know, the, the, the thing is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little asterisk yeah. here myself because I generally love cars. I love anything. If I'm in Italy and I'm driving a... It's a 20-year-old Fiat Panda. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, I love all types of vehicles. Now, this is very specific to, in my mind, you know, how I'm judging this in terms of, you know, a disappointment is, is it really, you know, is there a future for this? Like, how does it represent our current kind of paradigm and what issues does it resolve? So that's really like how I'm judging this, yeah, you know, yeah. how, how I'm going about this. So for me, that Icona Nucleus thing is I like Samuel Shufar and his team. You know, they're in, um, I think they're in, uh, they're in the States, definitely yeah. in LA and also in, uh, in, in China. Anyway, the point is, that thing is the size of my house. Yeah. Now, I don't really, even if we're looking at, you know, the future of luxury and like everybody's going to be in these like beautiful, like, you know, pods, uh, pods yeah. of like luxury. I just, I, I fail to see how something like that um, is going to be, you know, able to be used in a city like, you know, Munich or, or Paris or London. It's like, I, I just don't, you know, I don't get it. So from a design perspective, it's a fail for me. Cool. So my fail of the year in terms of a concept car is going to Renault. Hmm. And uh, it's the easy Ultimo, um, which mainly for me has to do with the quality of other concept cars, like of the quality that we're used to. From Renault at the moment, and I'm a big fan of a big fan of the Easy Pro. I think that 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 concept is absolutely incredible. Yeah, like you know, I I was in love with the thing when they had the barista bar and all these things at the at the Paris Motor Show. Incredible, but the e, the the Easy Ultimo was just for me something that seemed a little bit just like oh shit we have to do something for the paris motor show it's 120 years of of renault you know it's like oh let's do something luxury like it's it's too big it's overstyled it's kind of you know 
oh, let's put some parametric modeling in there and stuff like that. So there's just it's just too forced uh, for me. And compared to what we've seen, like, you know, especially with the Trezor or something like that, mm. where you really clearly saw that there went, you know, time and thinking in there, like really, really good stuff. I would really say um, the, the easy Ultimo, unfortunately, was for me um, the thumbs down yeah. of, uh, of 2018. And I think that's, that's uh, similar to... You know the the Ultimo and the uh, the Icona um, Nucleus thing is, it's I think the reason why those cars let us down is, you know I think certain details on the um, on the Ultimo were nice but ultimately, it's just how do people you know when you think about design you've got to think about it not only from an aesthetic perspective like does it look good but how are people going you know. Like the Ultimo is super low, you know, yeah. in, in terms of like ingress, egress. It's like, are you serious? Lawrence Fennenacker pretty much couldn't get in there. Like, you know, he had to fall into <laughs> the whole thing. I remember when when we were standing there and he was going in. So, um, yeah, I, I... I just don't think either of those vehicles is, a, is an accurate depiction of what we're going to be doing in the near future in terms yeah. of luxury. And so I think they missed the mark. Yeah. And I think we can agree on that bit. So moving into now, what would you want to do? Bad production car of the Bad year. Bad production car. All right. Well, production car. Um, there's been, there's been a. See, the thing is, again, I love to drive, and I know that this car is going to be fun to drive. But it's a, it's a bit of a shame for me because, you know, the, um, I debated this a bit. BMW, generally, I own one. They're fun to drive. They're yeah. great fun to drive cars. Um, but I debated this between the 3 Series and the uh, BMW Z4. And ultimately, the Z or Z, whatever you want to call it, um, 4 is uh, unfortunately a big disappointment for me. And the major disappointment for me is in its proportions. Um, I think the interior is fine. I can live with that. It's fine. It's good. Um, 3 Series, you know, similarly, it's like I, I just don't think it's progressive enough. Mm. But, you know, I can live with it. Where I'm kind of, you know, it just seems like... Every Z car that's been revealed since the Z3 has just kind of let me down a little bit more mm-hmm. over, you know, progressively. So, like, the last Z4 was, all right, you know, it was okay. I mean, it was definitely better than the Z3. But then, I don't know why they're calling this new one the Z4, because it should be a Z5, I mm-hmm. guess, right? Um, it's definitely a, a, a very, um, you know, a, a huge step change in terms of, you know, what the four was, the last four. Um, but again, the, what really lets me down, I think, and I can't get that image out of my head, is the front overhang on that vehicle. Mm. Um, I haven't been behind the wheel. I have no idea what it's like. But when you look at it, the overhangs on that car, I just don't understand. Maybe they were, you know, um, saddled with the wrong platform. Maybe they tried to, you know, I have no idea what the deal was. Yeah. But I just don't like it, and especially like just just because we know the the Supra is coming very exactly. very soon, and from all what we hear is the Supra is much better than mm-hmm. the Z4, which yeah. is the same platform. So exactly. Then we have something to really compare. Of, uh, but like I, um, I do agree, it's not my favorite car of the year. But for me, the thumbs down of 2018, <laughs> and this is very emotional to me. I have to say that, yeah. So this is a a fully uh, a fully com- you know emotional kind of point is the Aston Martin DBS. Hmm. I'm so sad. I'm so angry with that car. I just call it the whale because it has the, the front is just like, you know, I'm just going to eat you like a whale shark. Um, 
I just think like, I like the DB11. I don't like the the, the 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 new Vantage. Yeah, like you know, uh, please make a proper front out of this. Like, don't have the graphic in there. You know, like what what the hell is that? And the DBS is just a continuation of that. It's mm. just terrible. Um, I know there's again a bunch of people that like it. For me, it goes away from what Aston Martin is supposed to be like. You know, they have this kind of oh, it's supposed to be beautiful marketing thing. No, the DBS is not beautiful. You know, the DBS wants to eat you, and I don't want to have a car that wants to eat you. <laughs> so um, that's really the point for me. Is what I'm saying. Just like no, thank you very much. That's uh, probably my worst of uh, of 2018. Mm. But to finish this all off, we have a consensus. I know this sounds really mean when we say that, but mm. worst design team of the year or like most disappointing design team of the year probably hits it better. I don't want to say mm. worst because they can do some good stuff if you've, if you've seen before, but yes. the mo- the biggest disappointment of a design team is BMW. Yeah, at the moment it yeah. is a real shame. Um, you know, the, everything that we've seen unveiled um, at by BMW this year has not been, you know, universally well received. Certainly not by myself. Um, I, I, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't see where they're going, um, and I don't like where they're going. Mm. What I see, you know, um, in in terms of their products, it's like they've lost a lot of the brand identity. They've gone to you know certain things where you know you're kind of questioning who's made these decisions mm. and why they were made and why they were indeed, you know, pushed through into production because it's, um, it's a shame. It's, uh, it's definitely, I think BMW this year just kind of fell off the mantle. Yeah. And what we can say just to kind of, you know, um, finish this off, I can, I can easily see BMW being on, you know, the 2019 awards on where we say like, this was the best design team of the year because, mm-hmm. We have not seen anything from uh, Yusuf Kaban yet. Mm-hmm. We just haven't. Like there was nothing out there where he was involved. They've pushed the eye stuff and everything, which was uh, you know all run by Dumagoy uh, Dukic. Mm-hmm. I want to see what BMW is going to be under Kaban. That's what I'm really interested in. And so this is for me the disappointment. Like so far, what they've shown this year, mm, not great. Mm. But I can see that there's the potential to go upwards. I think this is also what made the kind of decision for us quite easy. It's like you know. We can see that it's going upwards, but um, this is probably like the most disappointing one uh, from that perspective. Mm. But um, so yeah, I would, you know, obviously not congratulations to BMW, but like you know, a little bit of a of a spur for you guys to uh, to hopefully show us something very very soon that comes out that uh, that is a little bit better uh, from that perspective. Mm. And yeah, so to to sum up 2018, I think we had in general a good year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I want to thank pretty much everybody who supported us, who listened to us, who watched us, who came to meet us at all the different shows, who sent us messages, you know, who encouraged us to do, you know, to continue the podcast and stuff like that. You know, we do really, really appreciate all the support. I think we've done in total 15 episodes this year, 15, um, yeah. which, uh, which has been, you know, a hell of a ride. Mm. I think we... You know, when we started this out, it was something for us like, I don't know, let's see how it goes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we will definitely continue that. So uh, thank you to everybody yeah, to uh, who supported us. Also, obviously, thanks for Eric for always taking time yeah, Cheers, man. Thank to, you. Uh, to do that. Uh, I also want to thank uh, our producer, Eddie, who mm. has been patiently, 
you know, helping us on all those kind of things, you know, setting up the cameras, <laughs> the lights, you know, having, uh, I don't know, everything, like, you know, the microphones, like, you know, you, you can hear us because of him. Like, we are absolutely illiterate when it comes to those kind of <laughs> technical things. So, you know, with, uh, you know, without him, we, we couldn't have done it. Um, and also, of course, you know, all the other guys, you know, in the concept house team in the back office and, you know, from, you know, you know the other recruiters that are that are working here because, you know, everything that we talk about pretty much comes from the conversations that we all have together. So even though they're not in this podcast, you know, small parts and bits and pieces of their opinion are in this as well is because we talk about that. So um, we, sh we should never, un you know, forget that. And of course, um, a little bit of encouragement for next year. Give us, give us the feedback if you want to. I mean, we've had some fantastic feedback already. Um, if you have questions, send us emails. You know, if you if you want to apply for positions um, that we have available, you know, always check our Instagram, check our LinkedIn. We will post the latest stuff on there as well. Don't hesitate to contact us. We literally have absolutely no, uh, you know, shame in sending your messages back. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we're nice guys. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, and so from 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 that side, and I think from the both of us, a big big thank you for. Uh, an absolutely fantastic 2018. We're looking forward to to already Detroit, and then you know mm -hmm. this. We can't really, you know, we we're already planning for Geneva already as well. So, you know, things are moving very very quickly. And uh, thanks for for everything. Thanks Eric again for for a fantastic year and uh, good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, and you will you. you will hear again from us in 2019. Yes, quite. Yeah. So thanks. happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Um, Merry Christmas. See you in the new year. See you in 2019.